0: And with that, let's move into our time of study of, of God's Word. been thinking this week, this, this, this is, and I know I've said this before about various passages. This one, though, is probably right up there. In fact, I was telling my, my family the other day, in terms of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, this is right up there. Uh, the story of Jesus with his disciples on the Sea of Galilee, when the storm uh, comes up, it won't be my main focus today, but I've been captured by Jesus taking a nap in that moment, in that storm. I am, I am uh, probably in terms of the wider population, above average in my appreciation for a good nap. I have found that the way my mind works the way that I handle stress, and I'm maybe maybe I'm not I'm not promoting it as uh, as uh, the best approach at all times. But man, if, if if I am confronted with something during the day that just has me kind of rattled, if I can get like 15 minutes of rest, I can fall asleep fast. <laughs> Probably. Probably indicates that I don't get enough sleep, but if I can do that and I wake up, boy, my mind is sharper and I am able to uh, more readily handle those situations. The issue, the, the the inverse issue is, you know, you know how a toddler gets when they don't take a nap during the day. Yeah, I can, I can relate someday. You know, just I feel like my family just go lay down, just go lay down and reset. But I I, I appreciate the idea of Jesus having taken a nap. I was thinking, though, about the situation that led to that story. These guys out on a boat. I would imagine that most all of us at some time in our life have been on a boat. A rowboat. Canoe. Canoe pontoon, sailboat, kayak, fishing boat, ski boat, even a big cruise ship. I was sitting out at Wyandotte County Lake this Friday, a couple days ago, this Friday morning. It was about just after eight in the morning. And it was quiet. I had parked and was kind of overlooking the lake itself on one of those little turnoffs. And I heard, first I heard, just kind of this, this rhythmic splashing of the water. And I thought it was one of the geese or ducks. It was coming from my right. But the way it repeated itself, it was, it was one, one guy out on a large rowboat. Like a, one of those that you, they would race. And he I mean he 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 had it he had his 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 cadence and his rhythm down. It was just you know whoosh 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 I just watched him for as long as I could. I thought wow, what a way to start the morning. Hmm? I don't consider myself any sort of of boating expert, probably because I have such little experience. I've been at least at one point in my life on one or two or three or four of those that I mentioned, but we didn't have a boat uh, growing up. I really don't have any interest in buying a boat. I like the water. I like watching people on the water. I think maybe even a little more than I like being on on the water. I was thinking, though, about if my transportation, as was true of these disciples, if my transportation was dependent on me being able to maneuver some sort of vessel across a, a large body of water, more than likely I would come up with reasons why I could be content where I was. Hmm? I probably don't need to cross this. See, I'm okay over over on this on this side of the of the lake. You see, there are variables associated with boating that make it seem risky. For instance, if you're out on the water and for whatever reason you come to a situation where you need to abandon the vessel, the depth of the water would likely be higher than your head, right? higher than you can stand. A waterway doesn't have the lanes of travel that we are accustomed to, like driving a car does. The weather can change so quickly and can make a situation that seems rather tranquil and peaceful pretty dangerous. Hmm? I think, though, that my lack of confidence as it relates to boating probably goes to my lack of experience. At the conclusion of Mark 4, and we're going to read just a couple of verses from that chapter, we read about a group of boaters who were anything but novices as it related to time on the water. These were skilled fishermen, guys who likely had grown up in and around water all of their lives. Beginning in verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep. On the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. Now that's likely a passage that most of us have heard or read before. I know I've had it as a sermon text at least once or twice. But just to kind of get us all on the same page in terms of what's happening in the events that led up to this account a little bit of context jesus ministry is in its very early stages we're talking like weeks in terms of his public ministry with the disciples the disciples have been called to follow him some of them have left Careers that revolved around that very sea, as fishermen. He had begun to perform a couple of healings, even in Mark's gospel. It was evident that he was not like other teachers. That he had power that others didn't have. He spoke in parables already, referencing something that seemed a little mystical kingdom of God that seemed to fill his thinking and his teaching. And after a long day of teaching and ministry, the sun sets and it was time to call it a night. Apparently exhausted from the events of the day, Jesus, fully trusting these guys who had crossed that sea probably hundreds of times and their work as fishermen, trusting them to take him from one side to the other, Jesus lays down and falls asleep. As they row, we don't know exactly if they could see the lightning begin to flash across the sky in the distance, or if they heard the the distant rumble of thunder. It it seems like, and it is very possible, that in that part of the world that storms can seemingly pop up kind of out of nowhere. That it's not like, you know, sometimes we can watch, we can watch thunderstorms from far west Kansas or from down in Oklahoma and and kind of know these are heading our way. Watch it cross Wichita or Salina and Manhattan and head east until it hit Tonganoxie, right? And there's that split that happens all the the time we talk about. But anyway, these guys, it seems like it was just kind of a a pop-up storm. And it's a strong one. And there was real threat to the occupants of the boat. And then they realize, well, shoot, we, we we we've got we we've got the ace card with us. This guy who can heal the sick, and I, I think I'd have to double check. I, I think maybe in Mark's Gospel already there's a record of of him feeding five thousand people. What? Well, Jesus, what? When are you gonna? And they turn. He's asleep. Wake up! Wake up! Don't you care that we're perishing? In Mark's gospel, the desperate voices of these experienced fishermen and boaters could be heard even over the rolling thunder and the crashing waves. In Mark's gospel, Jesus wakes up. You know those moments after a good nap? When you wake up and you check the clock and you're trying to figure out if it's a.m. or p.m., you know, those those kind of naps. Jesus wakes up and all it takes is a word. Peace. Peace, be still. And the wind and the waves... The water that he had spoken into existence at creation hears his voice and the storm obeys. And the disciples are awestruck. Who is? Who is this guy? I was thinking this week some about that experience of the storm. I'm not eloquent enough to come up with anything, any better way to say it than this. I, I was thinking about the truth of the fact that even though the storm had been stilled, to, to, to just be as human as possible, the disciples were still wet, right? Huh? The storm had been stilled, but the the impact of the storm was still there. They still had a boat to get water out of. That even though the storm had been stilled, it wasn't that they were unaffected by it. The evidence of their experience was still existent. Yes, the storm was calmed, but they still had to dry off. I was thinking thinking about that with our lives. I was thinking about, I was looking at, in fact, just last night, about a notebook I keep and kept it for about a year and a half now and was writing about changes in Kansas a year ago right now and about getting back to church and maybe what that was going to look like and feel like. We think about, oh, the ongoing pandemic. We think about the racial uh, conflict that has been evident in our country, I guess kind of uh, more prominent uh, for the last 13 months or so. We think about the division of a, of a country where Approximately half the country votes for one person and the other half votes for the other person and then somebody wins. And what do you do with the other half of the country, right? like Just this this sense of kind of a, of a, a fissure, I think is the right word. A division. A separation that existed. I think I lost my... Shoot. I think I lost my lamp or something. There we go. I don't know if that will come up or or not. We shall see. But the... I don't think it's going to. Turn that off. The Lord has seen us through the storm, right? Right? But that doesn't mean that we are unaffected people. That the Lord at times has used the storm to remind us of his presence with us and his ability to transform us. The storms of life can be some of the most impactful experiences that we'll have. And sometimes through storms in our own lives, we look at the, the stern of our boat, so to speak, and find what looks to be a sleeping Savior. Hmm? Here we are just trying to survive the storm. I'd suggest when it comes to the storms of life, we find ourselves in a boat, desperately trying to survive our own storm. Or sometimes, sometimes we may overlook the fact that We're in the boat with others, with an opportunity just like Jesus had to ease their storm, to help them, to bring a a sense of peace and calm. You know, I think ours is a, at least seemingly increasingly becoming a world in which the witness of the gospel and unfaltering love of Christ and his followers will be a brighter and brighter brighter light as the world becomes more and more stormy and dark. My prayer is that the Spirit would empower each one of us and all of us as a congregation to do more than just survive whatever storm it is that the world throws at us. But may we with the strength of the Lord shine as light. Amen.